Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eleven, guys. This is our this is our penultimate episode. Um, that is quite somber news, I know. And we usually start off with a bang, but we're still going to start off with a bang. And we're going to be ending with a bang next week. Um, this has been an incredible time, but of course we will be speaking more about that next week. So don't worry about it. I hope you had a lovely, lovely week and you are excited for the weekend. Yeah. I'm just going to say this, and this is for the benefit of every listener out there. Josie is the most enthusiastic, positive person I've ever met. And she can literally oh. convey enthusiasm to everybody in the room all the time. I'm just going to say that because I know I do not come close. And Josie, please don't say anything, you know, or encouraging and everything. Because I just don't. And there's no argument. Yes, you do. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> yes, we have a whole lot lined up for you this week we have um good news as always we have a lovely student interview with the wonderful freya from grade 11 and we have um we are going to talk to you about the way that industries are already changing because of coronavirus and how they're going to adapt forward to in your life yes okay so we are going to be um just Yes. Okay. So we are going to be um just off um some good news from this week. I think this is definitely just overriding um it all. Coronavirus death toll has sunk significantly in the UK. Um, lowest it's been since March, since we locked down around about that time. Um, particularly on Sunday, um, Scotland recorded no further COVID-19 deaths, which is a major, major, major feat and a shining beacon of hope um, in this time because that, that hasn't happened in the UK vicinity before um, March. To be, fair, to be fair, though, they have, they have recorded a few deaths since then. But the fact that, that we've hit the, the milestone once is, is quite something. Yeah, I mean, like the fact that it got there, um, it's it's promising and of course like it's quite scary i think once you hit that rock bottom it's never it doesn't feel positive when it starts to go up again but obviously this is just an av- like sort of like day to day things are going to be different every single day there will be one or two deaths here and there and every single life lost needs to be counted and held you know with the same <laughs> level of respect of course um but it it just really i think was quite it's something that the nation could sort of grasp onto as like wait we can get there so 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 that was cool um new zealand meanwhile is relaxing its regulations um to very very low extent since they've implemented them because their covid threat is considered to be extremely extremely low there has been no recorded transmission for 40 days so they actually have declared themselves covid free um and i just think that that is um really significant and Quite incredible and shout out to the wonderful Jacinda Ardern yes so is that well we, we we touched on this last week but we want to continue talking about the fact that um we've had um um a very moving send-off for George Floyd and um and we're, we're pleased to see that the protests have largely become peaceful um, for Black Lives Matter uh, in in the last few few days, and um, we we also there's a nice story here. 
about after the protest because a, a lot of the time as with as with all all gatherings of that size there's often quite a bit of rubbish that's left scattered around everywhere and um uh is it uh, if you if you follow in the back of protest actually it's quite something it's very noticeable if you follow around in the back of protest the the amount of litter that's left behind but um yeah so it's um there's um we found a nice little story of of um uh, a, a teenager in buffalo new york uh, antonio Gwyn jr is his name who spent hours uh, alone after the protests cleaning up the streets um, with with, uh, with rubbish bags in tow and he was commended by the state for his work and actually landed up to medai college where he will be studying business in the forthcoming school year so that's that's quite a nice nice wholesome story yeah and i i just i think that do some you know some research into this and I think that it holds even greater weight because you know this this actually wasn't you know it wasn't like yesterday for example um it's been I it, it was in like the past two weeks I'm not sure of the exact date but in the past two weeks um when some of the protests in Buffalo actually were slightly destructive so it wasn't even just rubbish like he was cleaning up glass and you know I think it's it's really significant because um there are critics which I think are ridiculous but there are critics of the Black Lives Matter movement saying that no it's savages that are that are tearing up the streets and ruining businesses we do not condone violent protest we do not condone destruction of property but we do condone the Black Lives Matter movement and um, peaceful protests that have been going on. But I think it's really significant because um, um, he was, he's a black man and he was standing there after the protest had happened and after there was slight destruction of property and he stood there. Um, it's sort of like a silent advocation of the fact that they sh- there should be protests and he will stand there and he will clean it up because he believes that it needs to needs to happen and it doesn't need to get a worse rep than it already has with those critics that I was talking about earlier, right? Um, but he's standing there in solidarity of the Black Lives Matter movement, standing against destruction of property, but, you know, wanting it to get a better rep, which I, th- I think is it's honestly quite inspiring and incredible. I, I think he's uh, this 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 person is the best of us. Yeah. I think that's that's the easiest way of of saying it. Yeah. So Josie, uh, um, I think you should talk about the the our our story about the dog. Oh yes. Okay. On a, no- a very other note. Okay. Um, there are some dogs that are um going into trials with sniffing out COVID nineteen. And this is not a new concept. However, they didn't really know if coronavirus had a specific scent, like other viruses, which have scents, apparently. Um, very interesting. So they've taken 11 dogs in the UK um, and started training them up. They were originally airport sniffer dogs um, for sort of drugs and um, smuggling um, uh, sort of you, you know, you can like take in like organic materials into a country that you shouldn't be taking. So they, they're those sniffer dogs. And they're being trained for the viruses, uh, for coronavirus specifically. And in France, something that's very promising is that their trials, their dog trials, have been successful. And these dogs have been able to to um, sniff out the virus, which is going to be really important, I think, in, in monitoring and ensuring the safety and security of the population. If it can be sort of, if dogs can be trained on a large scale, well, they will have more dogs around, guys. It's 
always good. Great. Yay. Is it wins all round. Everybody wins. Yes. Absolutely everybody wins. Who does not love dogs? Except people who are allergic to dogs. Yes. But we can cat lovers. That. I mean some cat lovers like dogs, but I mean I'm thinking of Karen here. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. Cat lovers can love dogs too, Josie. Okay, okay. Okay. So um our final piece of news, uh, a little bit minor but a bit um quite nice anyway that is that um i don't know if anybody knows but the iguazu falls in uh brazil and argentina they actually are on the border uh between brazil and argentina they were beginning to dry up because of a drought and these are actually um collectively there because it's several waterfalls but collectively they're the largest uh, waterfalls in the world so uh that was quite quite upsetting but the rain has now come and they have been restored to their former glory. And anybody who's seen me in Brazil for a while, and I lived and I went there, and it's so it is quite a nice piece of good news because it means that a, 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 a salt on one of the seven, actually one of the seven natural wonders of the world. So that's good. I think that's really cool. Um, and you know, we've spoken about this before, but lots of natural sort of i mean i mean i guess it's connected but um lots of sort of natural wonders have been becoming restored um just also because of lockdown um and we did speak about that so i'm not going to go into that but um yeah cool things going on for the environment guys yeah. yeah um so now we we have a little bit of a theme going on um it was briefly mentioned in the beginning um but we are going to be talking about how different industries that are sort of, you know, we're going to be talking about the hotel industry. Of course, we're, we're missing out um, on our summer holidays. I think that's really interesting to see how, how they're adapting. Um, also, in the, like, who's making our food at the moment? And also the theatre industry, because that has been completely disproportionately affected compared to some other industries because they completely cannot function. So, um, yeah, those are what we're going to be speaking about um, in our next section. And we are calling this survival of the fittest uh, coronavirus edition <laughs> because um, it is a test of survival of the fittest in terms of who's the fittest to survive a pandemic, who's yeah. the fittest to survive social distancing measures. Into and that. it's a really hard game to play, but um, it is going to be uh, be carrying sort of through to the next few months. So I think it's important that we talk about it. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the industries that's been obviously quite negatively affected is the film and TV industry. So a lot of uh, films weren't able to be screened in the cinemas because the cinemas have been closed for months. Uh, same with uh, or nothing's being filmed at the moment because you would have to get close to, to people and social distancing obviously cannot be maintained with that. So film and TV industries are having to adapt. So um, one of the ways that this has been happening, and we can see with the TV soap Neighbours, um, which is an Australian TV soap, and it has it has already been um, filming again. It restarted production in early May, so it's been um, a few weeks already. And they are using, uh, they are social distancing within their filming, and they are doing some film wizardry. 
like changing camera angles to make people look closer together and obviously they're prioritizing the safety of their cast so they're not allowed to have scenes where people are holding hands or hugging or kissing or anything like that um um men don't have to wear their makeup uh oh no men don't have to have any makeup done although we're not going to comment on that double standard and then yeah. nobody can have more than 100 people in one filming area per day and uh, so if one person gets sick, then only the people who are in that filming area have to like the uh, bubble concept. Exactly, like well, it, that's slightly different to the bubble concept because the bubble concept is uh, the support bubble. Is uh, uh, if I'm right, it's uh, single adults or adults living alone or adults single parents with a child under the age of eighteen, and they can then uh, mix together now, uh, essentially combine their households. So that's nice. That's another piece of good news. We should have put that in the good news section. Um, so, um, yeah. So, and then uh, that's how, that's a, a view to how the film and TV industry could adapt um, uh, to to survive this. I think also it's um, necessary to talk about other, like another entertainment industry, which is something I mentioned earlier, like um, musicals and theatre. Um, we are lucky enough to live um, by the West End. Uh world famous for its productions and it has come to a complete standstill and the people whose livelihoods depended on those shows running every single night every single afternoon you know or as much as possible during the week um that's 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 done it's over right now um there are no streams of income coming in and it's really really rough and I was listening to a um, podcast on the intelligence from The Economist. And it was just really sad. There was an interview with um, a theatre practitioner and they just um, are struggling at the moment. So mm-hmm. I think it's just really difficult because if they are to comply with the social distancing measures in the future, um, that means they would even like break even on the amounts that it costs to put on that play and having to only use a third of the seats for example like that just doesn't work so um i just i hope it makes it through absolutely absolutely and a last point on that so um the oscars have adapted so they uh, films can qualify for awards even if they've just been streamed rather than being in the cinema and that's for um this year only and then, uh, yeah, so so that's nice. And just to Josie's point quickly, just a quick reminder, everybody, that Hamilton, the original cast production recording, will be streaming on Disney Plus from the 3rd of July. So people get excited about that. It's epic. Okay. Industrial activities and factories. Josie, that's your thing. Yes, <laughs> it's my thing. Um, and, okay, so I, w- I was watching a documentary the other day on BBC iPlayer, um, and it was all about the production of baked beans, like the actual Heinz baked beans factory, um, which I have never understood personally. Sorry, Brits, but they okay, okay. In in, the, in defense of the British, that's not a universal British thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, every time we've gone in a school camp, they've always tried to give me baked beans, and I have just complied, but really not enjoyed my experience. Okay, anyway. They are said to be upholding the nation at this point in time, especially during panic buying. They were like some of the quickest items to fly off the shelves because obviously they're shelf, shelf stable and they're in tins. Um, lots of tin goods were, were that way as well. So I'm sure we could apply these concepts um, across the board. But um, especially at the Heinz factory, they have actually made social distancing work. 
very, very well and have already started to implement measures that are going to be carrying them through the next maybe uh, months or I mean, I'm not going to say years. I'm not even going to jinx it, okay? But um, months. And just to ensure that the, the safety of their workers, because there actually was a, a walkout at the beginning because they weren't complying with the measures and workers were feeling really unsafe. But they, they have taken to this now. And um, so some of the measures that they've they've sort of implemented now is that they have temperature checks, like um, hands-free um, no contact temperature checks as soon as you walk into the building so like as you open the door um, there's a sensor on the roof that like uh, measures your temperature if you have a high temperature you are co- uh, quickly redirected to a room like on your right um, where there's a doctor it's like a self-isolation room and the doctor will check you up and if you're fine like you know, some people are just coming in like running to work for example or jogging to work and they're warm so um, they'll just sit there for 10 minutes and see if the temperature goes down if it does not um they're sent home to self-isolate so so that's really interesting also just mark masks um and gloves at all times social distancing within within the factory yeah absolutely and uh the travel and hospitality industries i'm going to let uh josie take away most of this one because she is um way more in, in, interested in this stuff than i am um but uh one one observation that i've made is that the cruise industry so it's been labeled a uh a petri dish a, a floating petri dish Oof. it's been uh previously the site of outbreaks of norovirus Oof um SARS, MERS, uh Legionnaire's disease and now uh coronavirus we all remember the um was it the, the I can't remember was it the Star Princess? I think so. uh, Diamond Princess Diamond Princess uh yes um at the beginning of lockdown and that was very tragic but believe it or not they have actually somehow survived this and they have not seen that much of a dip in their reservations for next year. So, yeah, so that's quite surprising and shows that they are a very uh, resilient travel and part of the travel industry. Yes. Uh, But Josie, please take it away. um, Yeah, so, no, I just thought this was really important to mention because um, a lot of us are not having the summer that we planned. Um. And this is, you know, we can go talking about education, we can talk about whatever um, courses we were supposed to do that are cancelled, all of that. But in terms of holiday, um, I know a lot of people look forward to the summer holidays, of course, Um, long time to go um, uh, sort of spend time with friends or spend time with family um, abroad. A lot of people can't do that right now. Um, So we are obviously going to be missing our annual summer holidays uh, for some people, of course. Um, but there are some things that the hospitality industry are trying to implement in order to get people who are allowed to travel to come back. Um, and some of these things are offering 24-7 medical care um, at sort of large hotel chains. I think um, some large chains are already working on this. Then also being more flexible with cancellations and modifications to the booking um, closer to the time, because obviously those are usually quite tight and, and strict uh, because they want to make sure that people aren't nervous to book just in case they can't cancel when they're put in quarantine and then they have to pay the whole fee. So it's sort of enticing people to, to book, right? Um, furthermore, hotels are trying to sort of entice tourists with upgrades to more comfortable rooms just in case they have to actually self-isolate 
in the hotel so they want to make sure that people have like a desk space and are in the bigger room so that they're able to like walk around and not have to like go crazy in a hotel um they're also trying to um, get more guests by means of removing the necessity for them to travel on public transport so making sure that it's obligatory that they transport on private um, transport from the airport to the hotel for example and and vice versa um then lastly obviously the the these companies are trying to make sure that they uh have very good hygiene policies that that's definitely the biggest worry like for me that that would be my biggest concern like i have no idea who was just in here and i don't know their status in terms of infection you know um deep cleaning is mandatory after every single stay so so that should put your mind at rest definitely put your mind at rest but um yeah that is very reassuring okay so that brings that section to an end so we are able to finish our episode this week with an interview with the wacky and wonderful uh freya webley in grade 11 love her so much so please take it away freya okay so um, today we have another special student interview. Uh, we this week it is the wonderful Freya from Grade Eleven, South Bank's resident artiste and voracious reader. I do not know how you read that much, but Freya, it is very lovely to have you on. So please, could you just sum up to us what have you been doing to stay sane in this lockdown? And please do not say you are not sane. We already know that. We're talking sane in more relative terms. <laughs> Um, in relative terms, um, considering I have been going slowly more insane in quarantine, <laughs> I've mood. been doing loads of art. Um, Yay. I did a bunch of fan art. Mm-hmm. I've been doing some original art because I'm trying to create a world um, for like a project or something. Ooh. I'm not sure at the moment. I'm just kind of randomly making queens and princesses. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> That is amazing. Um, what else have I been doing? I've been reading, been reading a lot. Arabella would know. She recommended me about five books, and I think I read them all in a few days' time. It was seventy-two hours. It really was. A I marathon rec- reader. Yeah, I recommended you Ooh. two series with two books each, and you said you'd read them all by three days after. Yeah, and then Arabella recommended me a series, so I proceeded to watch two seasons in a day. This, this is I, I think uh, on the one hand I'm impressed oh, I mean, you should be utterly um, <laughs> on the other hand concern is also warranted <laughs> uh, but they were a good series so I'm glad you've seen them they were good books yes for anybody who's wondering guys uh, Six of Crows by Leo Bardugo um what was it Aurora Rising? I can't remember who it was by, but it was a good series, sci-fi. And um the Netflix series was The Dragon Prince, which is technically a children's cartoon, but nobody nobody will notice. There's people with knives in it. It's not that much of a children's cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean really, really child knives, friend- yeah. really cool knives. Child friendly, but cool knives. Hmm. <laughs> and um so okay. A lot of people have sort of been like exploring like different things during the lockdown, and obviously you've been into art like for a while, right. so um, which is so incredible because there's been such amazing art like coming up from everywhere, and I've seen like online and um, just from people within the school as well. Yeah. Um, 
and I mean I've just seen the art that you did which I haven't even seen at all but that's incredible um would you say that there's anything like new that you've tried to like taken like taken the opportunity to explore like during the time where we've had like a little bit more time on our hands I I convinced my dad to buy me a bunch of um really good pens like really really good pens it's a special brand called Posca's you may or may not have heard of them um but they're permanent on ceramic so I'm seeing a lot more stuff on ceramic Um, and like glass but they're also good on paper they're kind of like universal sharpie I love Um, it I really love them and they're really vibrant so I've been working with them, but aside from that, not much. I think I'm going to do clay work this after, this weekend. Ooh, that's exciting. I was going to ask you, like, with the ceramic, like, are you making your own, like, ceramic with clay, or are you just, um... Yeah, no, I was... No, I just found a tile, because my parents were checking out a bunch of tiles. They yeah. made mash them up to make them smaller to fit in the bin bags. Yeah. So I rescued one or two. Oh, cool. Um, so I was using that, um, and because we don't have like a kiln, obviously, yeah. and there's nowhere that's really open to fire stuff. So I'm just kind of working with air drying clay. Nice. Yeah. I used to do clay when I was younger. I'm just okay. like <laughs> I used to do little lessons, but um, it's so fun, um, and that's really really cool. Mm-hmm. I commend you for that. Thank you kindly. And, uh, I think what we'll do is if you're if you're fine with that, like we can maybe put um, some link to like little album of like some stuff that you want to share if you want to share anything or yeah sure to your Instagram or whatever yeah ooh lovely 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 so Freya I'm in, I'm intrigued about this world building you're doing tell tell us more okay so. Um, I run Dungeons and Dragons Club for the little ones. Yes, you do. Well, not specifically for the grade sixes. Love it. Um, I just happened to end up with a ragtag group of six awesome grade sixes. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking ahead to the future because I really want to do D and D continuing on, and I wanted to think up like a new setting. So I was thinking kind of something based on the seventeen hundreds, kind of Northern Europe. I can see Eric going crazy. 1700 sounds good. History, 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 history. It's me. I love history. Loosely based, because there's going to be magic. Ah, even better. Uh, have a recommendation. Have a, what's it called? Highwayman. Like Dick Turpin. Ooh. Highwaymen highway and, and magic go well together. Yes, they do. Um, so I'm kind of splitting up the lands into three parts. Uh, one of them is having magic allowed. One of them is a bunch of random clans that all kind of want to kill each other a bit. And the southern state is where magic is punishable by death and is ruled over by an all-powerful emperor. And um, what are you trying to do with this? Uh, the, the thing is, I'm not entirely sure. What I might do at some point is run a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. That's like a game and playing within it. Um, we'll play but games. It within different areas of the land. So the current campaign I'm running for them um, is set kind of in the D&D fantasy. So you've got like elves and orcs. Um, Arabella's going mad at the mention of elves. Yes, we love elves. Yep. Um, for um for listeners at uh, for listeners at home who might not know me as well as as perhaps Josie and Freya do, I am a massive geek, and Freya and I have geeked for six years. So that's fun. <laughs> that's why we're being weird. Yeah, so I was thinking is like maybe 
the next game session we do, we do it in a different setting. But I'm not sure yet. So at the moment, it's just kind of me exploring. Yeah. I mean, and and you've been follow- you've been uh, keeping up D and D club, haven't you? In lockdown. Yeah. So I was originally gonna stop doing it in lockdown. And then we had one week without it, and I kind of realised that my weeks were really kind of boring. And I'm like, okay, so what would make me feel better? Ah, yes, the validation of sixth, sixth graders having a really good time. And it genuinely works. Um, so it's really fun, and I guess they enjoy it too. And I think we're extending it into summer a bit, um, because we haven't finished yet. That's nice. I think that's such a cool idea. And like, to, I'm sure they are like just as appreciative as you are to have that like little fun thing in your week. Like... Um, I think that's so important. So, yeah. yeah, amazing. Well it's, done. It is amazing. <laughs> cool. Oh, is 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 uh, I, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious about this. So you obviously have supervisors um, for your ECAs, the student-led ECAs. Do you do those supervisors still turn up? So we originally had a supervisor in the first term, but this is our second term running. So even pre-quarantine. Um, our supervisor deemed that we didn't need a supervisor, that I was competent. And it's not like it's a group of kids my age, it's me and six grade sixes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as just as like a safeguarding precaution, I record all the sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, so if people aren't there, they can rewatch what happened. Um, so, yeah. So if, if anything would ever arise, I'd have the receipts to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> amazing i love it i love it love it love it thank you so much thank you so much freya you are amazing and you have saved our bacon and you are great thank you okay thank you so much freya uh we just want to end off this uh podcast this episode with two wonderful shout outs so um first of all shout out to emma it was her birthday this week so happy birthday emma and then second of all Congratulations, Alexis, on your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful baby brother who um, you did not tell us about for quite a while, uh, i.e. two weeks. But um, he's really beautiful and I'm really, really happy for you and your family and we uh, are just wishing you the biggest love and congratulations ever in the world. Absolutely. So that's it, everyone, for this week. So as always, thanks for listening. Uh, We hope you have a lovely weekend and please, as always, stay sane. Bye.